0: Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Oh, my heck. My next guest is the host of the popular and sometimes controversial podcast, Latter-day Takes, Harper Anderson. Join me as we talk about how he dives into the LDS culture and, of course, sprinkled with a bit of the Mormons' other religion, BYU Sports. <sighs> Dude, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on, man. It's an honor. Tell me about Latter Day Takes, your podcast, huh. I'm the host of this great podcast you do. How long have you been doing it? And let's just go down that road. I want to hear what it's done how it's grown some of the cool people you've interviewed some of the craziness you've encountered you know the the maybe some surprises you didn't didn't expect okay so i don't know and i know i listened to your last one about that volleyball incident at BYU oh yeah
1: yeah well that's a good that's probably a good place to start because so funny enough i mean i guess I won't really start there then because I want to talk about how the brand evolved. So it was about this time, two years ago, roughly, it really, the whole Genesis of it was a buddy of mine and myself who are big BYU sports fans, specifically football, but we get into basketball as well. And he would call me a lot he and I lived in different locations in the country. I lived in Texas for a while. He was in Colorado, you know, things like that. And we He'd call me after games or sometimes randomly, and we'd just talk. And what I liked about our conversation is that we kind of just said it how it was. We felt like like it was very anti-BYU media, how, how the, the people that generally cover BYU, cover them kind of through this rose-colored lens, of hey everything's okay everything's gonna be all right um we're still a really good team stuff like that you know and I and I remember just being like why don't we call a spade a spade if BYU football sucks let's just say they suck like let's call out players I'm not saying like call them out for being like terrible but just be like no that player made a mistake or honestly our quarterback's are not very good can we just talk about that can we air our grievances and i and i it felt kind of cathartic and i was like you know i wonder if there's a lane for that for other BYU fans so the concept started kind of being in that brand and just like let's just be the ones that talk about BYU sports but more through a jaded lens so to speak and so we decided to call it and i actually this was credit goes to my friend cuz he didn't really he didn't really start with, I mean, he just kind of like was okay with the idea and being involved in it, but I, based, I spearheaded everything, but his, his idea was the name and it was uh 50 shades of blue, which is actually, I, once he said that, I was like, that's freaking gold. That's, that's so perfect. Um, and so that's how it started. And so it, I remember the first one we ever recorded was like around December 20th, 2020. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 2020. And I just was like, well, let's just keep at it. Like, I'm just going to try and keep coming up with content, things we can talk about 50 shades of blue, like BYU sports. Well, believe it or not, BYU sports and the jaded aspect of that can run its course pretty quick. You know, (laughs) like the, the content dries up. And so I started just kind of, I would have them on sometimes. And I, and I just like, well, I'd have them on pretty much all the time at the beginning And I started to kind of evolve. And I was like, hey, and I remember specifically one of the turning points was when Rush Limbaugh died. And he and I are pretty active kind of on social media, specifically Twitter. Um, I wouldn't say I tweet a ton. I definitely tweet enough. But it's more like we just like to have that news source in real time, right? People are talking, what's trending, all that stuff. And when Rush Limbaugh died, a, a, a hashtag was trending uh r.i.p rest in piss and i remember being and 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 there's is there nobody can make any mistake about it after meeting me very quickly they can generally get some very conservative vibes i don't tend to hide that i i grew up in that in a household a conservative household i'm a i consider myself a very active member of the church and that's kind of what drives my principles and beliefs and all that stuff and i try to be respectful about it like i don't i don't I'm not one to pick fights. I, I generally just kind of want to say, like, hey, this is how I see it because based on my principles, this is what makes sense to me, things like that. But I remember that stuck out to me where I was like, that is, that's, that's an interesting precedent we're coming into in this culture. And so I, I threw that out there to my friend and I was like, what do you think about that? And so we started talking about it. We talked about it for maybe like five, 10 minutes was all. And I remember posing the question, when is it appropriate to celebrate death? And he and I would just kind of, you know, pontificated about that for a bit. And I got interesting feedback where people that had been kind of listening casually were all of a sudden like, hey, I actually kind of appreciate the topics you brought up and the questions you were posing. And I've always felt like I've kind of had a gift of conversation, so to speak, where I've been relatively easy to talk to. I like talking to people. I like getting to know people. And I thought, well, why not venture into that territory and become more kind of a social commentator, so to speak. And so then I started to think, like, how do I rebrand this? So only about five or six months into Fifty Shades of Blue, I thought, well, I don't really want to just pigeonhole myself for BYU sports anymore. I want to start talking about other topics, but I want to do center it around something, right? And to me, that was pretty easy to relegate that to kind of the state of Utah, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, BYU. As a university and then also under that umbrella you've got BYU football, BOE basketball, and then I do happen to work kind of tangentially with politics, we do a lot of data collection for like consultants and and political figures and things like that, and so I do have my feet kind of in that area as well, so I like to comment on politics here and there, but. I like to do it in a way, like I say, that it's not so like in your face and things like that. Like, I like to just kind of come up with questions and try and try and understand perspective, not just my own, also not for people to understand my own, but for me to understand other people's as well. So anyway, um, that's when Latter-day Takes was born. And I went through the process, like, how do I want to start this podcast? What do I want to call it? And what, what, what can it encapsulate? And at first, I actually almost pulled the trigger on Latter-day Bros, but it was my brother that was like, don't do that. He's like, that's very, very specific. And you're going to alienate a lot of your women listeners. And I was like, that's fair. And I had plenty that had female listeners that did enjoy listening. And so maybe there was some sort of like an alienation, so to speak, uh, with them. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So we went with Latter-day Takes. And I say we, I mean, it was that was. That was something that I coined and it's been fun. It's, uh, I did not think I would be where I'm at right now. I wouldn't, I'm obviously not huge or anything, but it's fun to kind of, and when it comes up in random conversation, I do, I I honestly don't really try and bring it up a whole lot. Um, Certainly not in random conversation. Definitely not when I meet people. And even when I'm with my close friends, the only time I'll bring it up is when I was like, oh, I actually talked about that on my podcast, right? It's kind of that thing. And I never like my rule is my closest friends should never ever feel obligated to have to listen to my podcast because that would make me just feel ridiculous. So I can always appreciate that some people just don't have that interest. I'm totally fine with that. But um, I can't remember where exactly I was going with that. But it's it's fun to hear people kind of say randomly, like, Oh, yeah, I actually have heard of your podcast. It's like I've kind of been out there, like people share things like that, people talk about it, and it's kind of nice because a lot of what had prompted me to even start anything in the first place and started asking questions like for example with rush limbaugh or talking about different perspectives of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints um a lot of that was prompted by the fact that i you do not see a lot of positive podcasts out there specifically around church culture you see a lot of anti-church stuff like they have like the mormon stories podcast and things like that i mean those people like I think they advertise on billboards, whatever, more power to them. They want to get their voice out there. Sure. Okay. But we don't have, we we have a ton of come follow me podcasts. We have a ton of people talking about specific gospel uh, topics like in the book of Mormon or whatever else.
0: Doctrine based things. What's that doctrine based?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of their brand. And that seems like that's pretty much all we have, but we don't have somebody that's just, Willing to comment, comment, and have a commentary or have a conversation from a pro, or I should say generally pro. I'm not even going to say I'd blindly say no matter what, I'm going to defend the church. Because I even I even actually had some comments on the sex abuse hotline. And um I had some things to say about that. And I did not think the church handled that perfectly. Um, even though the AP article had a lot of suspicious elements to it. And when the church came out and made their comment, I thought it was great. But anyway. So it's not that I blindly follow the church, but I I am a supporter of it. And I do like to defend it where I think it is necessary. And so that's how it evolved to Latter-day takes and kind of answer your question about, um, kind of which, which guests and things like that. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, probably my most recent guest was one of the more popular ones. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Eric Moutsos. No, he, um, so he's got a pretty strong following, at least in the state of Utah. He was very anti-COVID lockdown. He's He was a former policeman um, for the Salt Lake County Police Department. Um, and he ended up getting fired uh, for kind of just pushing back on a lot of things. It started with uh, not hitting his quotas on purpose because he didn't like the idea of his promotion and whatever else and, and any other benefits or bonuses that he would get uh, through citations. He's like, we shouldn't have quota quotas for citations like that's ridiculous we're, we're essentially incentivizing people to break the law or whatever and so he started pushing back on that he, he's starting to get like kind of nailed down for insubordination uh, from a lot of his higher ups and it all came to a head when he didn't feel good about participating in the lgbt parade as a police officer wearing the rainbows and celebrating all that he felt like it was an infringement on his own rights to not participate. And he even, and he was like, I'm fine providing security that I have no problem with. I wanna provide security for them, that's great. But when it comes to participating and being part of the motorcycle brigade and all that stuff and having to wear the rainbows and things like that, he's like, I, my personal beliefs do not line up with that. So I don't feel comfortable. So he actually just made a change on his own. And he switched with a, another uh, officer and then an email comes out later saying there's no switching and things like that. And he's like, well, how can you, he's like, how can you force me to do this? Right. And so anyway, whether or not you agree with that whole concept and that whole uh, idea of having to participate, or even, even if it's, if you're pro LGBT, it's not even about that. He just felt like his rights were being kind of infringed upon in that scenario. He's like, why do why am I being compelled to do this? So anyway, he was pushing back too much. They ended up firing him. Um, and so now he's kind of been, more dedicating his uh his life to pointing out government overreach and um things of that nature. He's he's very much kind of a, a patriot and just kind of like, don't mess with me, I won't mess with you type thing. Um, and he's a he's a member of the church. And anyway, he was on, and uh it's been good getting to know him. That's been fun, but nobody's been more popular, funny enough, than my own mother.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> she
1: uh <laughs> She's has been like the, on tens-
0: a- the tension between you and your mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's palpable probably in a good way. I
1: never can never escape it. Um, she's one of the smartest people I know easily. Um, she's brilliant, she's been gifted in a lot of ways. She has a PhD in marriage, fa- marriage, family, human development from BYU and has done a great job in her own private counseling. And She's a very, very much a gospel scholar. Well, she's actually, through my encouragement, started her podcast, right? Her podcast, I believe, is called uh, uh, Choosing Glory, which is um, the name of a book that she wrote. And she actually does the Come Follow Me thing as well, which I've even told her, I'm like, maybe you should branch out. You're like, you have more to talk about. But she does a really good job tying in like interesting stories and other components of the gospel into her Come Follow Me weekly uh, thoughts that she gives. But she's actually where she's really killed it is that for one she's just brilliant and very interesting to talk to like that's just a fact of the matter but um she's been on the follow him podcast so the hank smith and john by the way she's been on that at least twice and she's literally going to record her third one i think third if not fourth but i think it's her third tomorrow and she's like they want her back like she kills it like she people love she gets she actually from what the 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 people that report these stats have reached out to her and said, "You have the most listened to episode on Follow Him." So she definitely does something that resonates and it gets shared. And so I think it's only a matter of time till more people know who my mom is, and uh, I'm gonna take all the credit for finding her, for discovering her. I discovered my mom.
0: <laughs> you gonna be her her manager?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if i if I should be so lucky, she could do way better than me, and she knows that,
0: I'm sure. That's funny. That is too funny. You know, you mentioned the Rush Limbaugh thing and I, I, I came from a conservative background too in Northern California and, and ingested only conservative media for 20 years at, to to a point where it was just becoming ridiculous and I was frustrated all the time and mad. So I, I, (laughs) I stopped, I stopped and I come to the, more towards the center on so many levels just because I realize that both sides are feeding me a bunch of crap.
1: There's a lot of truth to that. And and
0: none of us really know what is being what we're being fed. And what I try to do with my little show is just be an example of, hey, we can get along with anyone. It doesn't matter where they come from. In fact, I want to have people that don't agree with me, at least on the surface, would I would not agree with. That's who I want to talk to because it's going to help me stretch and learn. And there's so much, especially in our culture, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's an us versus them and, and we, we tend to hide behind our keyboards and our social media and just shred the bejesus out of people instead of really trying to understand them, you know, which I see that, you know, you're, you know, you, you, I've just listened to a couple of your episodes and you're, you seem to be very fair about things. You're not just my way or the highway kind of thing. That's,
1: that's nice of you to say. I have made an effort. I will share one of my favorite quotes. In re- recently, I mean, I remember he shared it at a BYU. It wouldn't be a devotional technically um, because he's not a member of the church, but it's Arthur Brooks. Uh, are you familiar with him? The actor? Uh, no. Uh, this one, I think you might be thinking of, uh, what is that guy's name? It is Brooks, but I think it's Albert, a
0: different. Albert Brooks. Albert
1: Brooks, yeah. I think you're yeah. thinking of Albert Brooks, yeah. Okay. Arthur Brooks, I want to say, I know he's a columnist, uh he's just a writer i want to say for the new york times i'm not positive which outlet it's a big one it's it's one of the biggest it's probably it's either the times or the post but i'm pretty sure it's the times anyway he came and spoke at byu and i think he so he writes a he wrote a book called uh love your enemies and i'm guessing he was speaking kind of in that vein because his quote and he by the way this man is uh uh he is he's like more liberal leaning moderate type like he's I would say that most of my views do not coincide with his, but he said something so beautiful that I thought was very, and it was also profound. I thought it was inspired. And I thought that's exactly what we need, which was, we don't need to disagree less. We need to disagree better. And it's a lot of what you're talking about. It's like, how do we, how do we come to some sort of agree to disagree uh, standard where it's like we can coexist, we can love each other, and somehow through this, I feel like we become better too. It's not even just about learning to just kind of grit our teeth and work through it and just be like, whatever. I don't love this person, but I can just I well, fine, I'll live with them. I'll tolerate about, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not just about tolerating anyone. It's about I'm sure that their strengths can help some of my weaknesses and vice versa.
0: Absolutely. Um, recently, I interviewed my cousin who is from Berkeley and. If anyone knows, Berkeley is a little bit left-leaning, just a tiny bit. <laughs> just a tiny bit. And, and she's, gr- she's grown wow. up there her whole life. So obviously, that's the, the camp that she's in for obvious reasons. And when the Roe v. Wade decision came down, I said, I would love to have you on. Tell me, tell me why you think this is the worst thing for humanity right now. And I had no agenda other than just trying to understand her perspective and how she got to that perspective. And it was awesome. And there was some things she brought up that I that I didn't think that, quote unquote, the left had in their arsenal of of reasons that actually made sense, because so often podcasts and media are just trying to divide and name calling and and I I I I I, you know mentioning Rush again I appreciated his knowledge but he was a name caller and I hated absolutely yeah I watched I followed Hannity for a long time but then he was just an arguer and a name caller and just rush
1: rush by the way set that tone for guys like yeah oh yeah and i I hate it
0: even and i was a big fan of glenn beck for years i mean followed him since 2001 when he first really came on the scene and it was all doom and gloom and finger pointing and the other side and those guys and those people and them and us and it goes nowhere it's just that's just to rile people up and there's a lot of conservative people i follow that i like but they do their name calling and they're they're trying to incite. And I freaking hate that. Yeah, I I don't think there's, I think that's half of our problem on every side. Oh, 100%.
1: Yeah. No, I, you definitely see it everywhere. Um, And yeah, conservatives are no exception to that rule. And yeah, there's, I mean, that talk radio thing, you say that Rush is the kind of the father of and for whatever reason, talk radio is particularly divisive. Not sure why, but it is. And maybe it is just because of Rush Limbaugh. It's very possible.
0: Well, and because I've been listening to NPR for probably two years straight as well. If if I'm going to listen, I'm going to listen to NPR and talk radio if I do listen to anything just to try to get a balance. And what I realized was the talk radio on the conservative side was, you know, they had to sell advertising space. So they had to be sexy and, and fast and exciting. And whereas NPR is, publicly funded Uh so it was a lot more calm it's very mellow and what i did find was that it seemed like every story somebody was a victim some victim group and again it's an us versus them but just in a different maybe from the victim side someone was always being oppressed by someone else that's a constant theme in many many of the stories that i hear to this day it's just the big bad whatever group is hurting this other group that's, that's what I see. And that's frustrating as hell too. Cause it's like a doom and gloom. You'll never get out of this. You're a victim forever mentality. And I hated that as well. So dude, we're on the fence. we got to be on the fence.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny, like I, I'm, and I make it pretty clear. I'm, I'm, I would definitely not put myself even close to the middle. I'm very, very much on the conservative side. That's not because I think it's better necessarily. I mean, obviously I think that is why we'd make our decisions. So yes, I guess so, but it's more, my point is it just aligns more with my values. And I believe that my values are what make me a better person, not better than others. I just mean constantly improving. Right. And so that's why I make it pretty clear. Like I'm no question. I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that side. I'm conservative. I like to say conservative more than Republican specifically because I don't like tying it to a single party, even though I obviously I'm not obviously, but I am a registered Republican, but I just like conservative values to me are more meaningful than just being a Republican.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it it makes more sense. And Republican is the, the parties themselves are both down the toilet, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. So that's why. right. And I always, you know, for the sake of any argument, I always try to ask people, let's say we're talking about socialism. Well, then if you and I are talking about socialism, then you and I have to agree on what that definition means because it could mean something totally different to someone else. And we don't do that enough. We just, Oh, Jesus was a social, you know, the people, you know, go down that road I'm like, let's right, find right. out what, what does it mean to you and me? And then at least we have a basis for our conversation and that yeah. doesn't happen enough.
1: No, I totally agree. Yeah. Cause that's, it's funny. Like, I, you see it often and, and honestly I was actually thinking about this not too long ago because people have i gotten to the point where people have talked to me and told me enough and given me the feedback where they're like you know you really you're pretty easy to talk to and I appreciate that and you're not so dogmatic about how you talk about things right and context is everything right it depends on who I'm with and where I'm with or where I am um, but when it comes to people that I know will likely disagree with me I obviously tend to be more careful and it's it's not actually that hard to have an easy conversation with these people where you can like, Hey, like, this is how I feel. All you have to do is boil it down to the most simple construct. Right. Which is, this is how I see it. You know, abortion. In fact, I had, so I talked about Roe v. Wade on my podcast as well. I had a, a lawyer friend reach out to me And he's like, hey, we should talk about this because it's very likely this will get overturned. He's very well in the loop on those things. And he brought his wife on who is also a lawyer. And so I thought that was great, too. It was like nice to have a a male and female perspective on that Um, and to kind of give some background and overview there. Anyway, so I posted about this and a friend from mine, a friend of mine from BYU, I don't talk to him often, but he'll he'll tune into the podcast every now and then and He's since left the church and I don't know if he's always been uh, more on the liberal side or if those are recent developments I don't I don't care either way I, d- I just know they are now and he He didn't even he didn't it didn't come at me aggressively at all, but he did come at me directly which that's fair I put myself out there in an open forum. That's the scrutiny and this feedback is always going to happen you have to be prepared for that I'm not going to say I was unfairly targeted by any means I wasn't this is what I do. And he started kind of challenging me, challenging me on some of my thoughts. And I thought that was fair. So it all came down to this. And this is what I wrote kind of in final response to him on Facebook, which was, I believe life starts earlier than however many weeks you want to put um, behind it. And I believe we need to protect life. And, and I'm obviously oversimplifying it right now, just kind of for the sake of just being succinct on this podcast but because he was saying like well then if you're going to be okay with eight weeks why wouldn't you be okay with 20 weeks you know and that's how he's like yeah that's why that's why I actually believe it starts much earlier and that's a human life that needs to be protected but if you don't and this is what I told him I said if you don't believe that's a life then okay like then I then then I can uh, that's fine like you, that's your right and your freedom and I'm not going to castigate you for that because I don't know at the end of the day all I know is that, you know, as, as tech, medical technology has increased, um, the viability of a, an unborn baby in the womb, I mean, that has, that has decreased quite, quite a bit. I mean, you can, I think premature, like babies weren't surviving past like, I don't know, 28 weeks, not even like 20 years ago, it kind of seemed like, and now you're seeing 20 weeks. And so I don't know if viability is the argument we want to do because as medical technology increases and it's able to provide that life anyway. So I, I kind of painted that whole picture for him. I don't mean, mean to get in this whole thing right now, but I painted that picture for him just from my side. And he's like, yeah, all right. And I just don't think there is anything. He's like, I, that's why I'm an eight week guy or whatever. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but I was like, okay, that's fair. And, and I love you and you're a good person like that. I know. So that's really all that matters to me.
0: We have to come at it with an attitude of understanding at, at the very least when we're talking to somebody. And yeah. if we do it's it's like missionary work, you know, getting contention out of the way, finding common ground. It's it's very basic and we get so heated and so volatile so quickly that we don't take time to do that. And that's a, you know, one of the big problems that we have in our culture right now.
1: Well, let me ask you this: what does it mean about yourself if you think that not only you should, but even can convince everybody that what the way you see it is the right way. What does that say about yourself? And that may be somewhat of a loaded question. So I won't expect you to answer that. It means that you believe you have all the answers. And if there's anything I know about myself, it's not even close. Like I do not have all the answers. And in fact, I have way, way, way more questions than I have answers. And so if you're going to sit there and go like, I'm going to change your mind right now. It's like, well, why though? How are you, why are you so confident that your way is the right way? It's uh, usually these situations are nuanced and you could be overlooking something now that you don't even realize until a year down the road. I mean, just be willing to change your mind, have an approach of humility to all of this because you could be wrong.
0: I'm going to, I reference this guy all the time. I've had him on my show three times I call him my liberal leftist counselor (laughs) and, and Kenny, if we you're all, listening.
1: We all need one of those, by the yeah, way. No, he
0: he's, he's he's awesome. And I we've been Facebook friends for pushing 10 years, right about the time when Obama won. And I hated everything this guy said. And he was really articulate. And instead of just cutting him off, I would I would I would get in little debates here and there and always felt like I was losing. But it should, it's not about winning or losing, in my opinion. But I finally had him on and I said, why do you think because I said, everything you said, man, I, I just, my guts were turning. and I wanted to just punch you in the throat. What is that? And we, so we got to talking and, and had, you know, had him on several times. And when we have ideas that we're raised with, that that's our foundation, our core. And then somebody says something that challenges that. I think there's a some deep seated thing in us that, that if we admit, Oh, maybe that's not right. Then we almost feel like, we've been duped, we've been sold and someone's pulled a fast one on us and nobody wants that. That's a horrible feeling. Like, Oh, I've been, I've been misled. I'm stupid. I think that's where it comes from. And the yeah. lo longer I do this, the more I realize I don't know anything. Yeah. And I'm, and I've learned so much from, from the people I've had on in the last four years and I'm, I'm open to having my mind changed on every on anything.
1: Right. Well, and that's, I mean, you got, we got to learn to kind of take comfort in the unknown, you know, just be like, we don't need to know everything right now either. And that's kind of what I like about the church. That's what I like about my relationship specifically with God and Christ and the atonement, which is, I don't know everything and I don't need to know everything right now. That's why this is a test. Right. But a lot of what you're talking about too, is essentially what cognitive dissonance is in a nutshell, right? It's when our reality is being challenged. And when our reality is being challenged, we have one of two options, which is accept the new reality or reject it. And that can be a lot really challenging because what if this new reality is the right thing? What if this, what if you should accept it um, and, and you reject kind of some of your old ways and that's, that's an overhaul, right? That can, that can, you, you might be adopting a whole new community, right? And, and that's really daunting to think about, but I'll tell you what the absolute worst thing to do in those scenarios is you, de- you technically do have a third option. And this is something I've been talking about a little bit recently on my own podcast. And that is, you know, you can either accept or reject, but there's actually a third option, which is neither. And you're kind of vacillating between the two. Yeah. And that I believe is where mental health problems can start to really grow because you're not sure exactly who you are. Your sense of self and your identity are compromised because you don't know... Do I want to accept this reality or, re- or reject it? Because whatever we do, like we've got these two anchor points and the closest they are to being aligned is when we are centered. And that's when we, oops, sorry, just making a mess over here. Um, that's when we are centered, that's when we can progress. And that's when we can feel like we're, we're doing good things in the world and just feel like we're growing. Growth is important to our own mental health. But if not, all we're doing is stagnating and our identity becomes compromised. And I've seen this in friends, specifically in a gospel context where they don't know, which especially in the singles world too, in the church being single, they don't know what they want to do. It's like, do I want to have these gospel values that dictate everything, even though it's extremely challenging more and more by the day, or do I maybe reject that and dabble and start to accept this new reality of maybe I don't want to follow the gospel to a T. And if they were to accept one over the other, they would actually be in a better mental spot. But if they're going to sit there and be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And they're just bouncing between those two anchor points. That's when depression starts to set in. That's when anxiety starts to set in and it becomes a lot more challenging and complicated from there.
0: Yeah, I guess you could, if you anchored on either side, assuming there are sides, then I think you can visit the other sides, the side that you're not anchored in and learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. as well.
0: Yeah. In terms of like loving people. And, and, I, and I have this theory about why there's so much confusion and division now. My theory is that it's, God is allowing these things to occur. So we have ample opportunities to love people who are different than us. That's my theory yeah so no, i think it's, it's and I, we're gonna see more yeah i think we're gonna see more and because if we're if we're truly following the second commandment of loving our neighbors then then we it's easy to love people who look and think and act like you oh yeah that's like what I'm someone, who, that. someone who's different and has different views and views that that you find abhorrent maybe but you can still love that person like we're yeah. supposed to i think i think that's as a gospel according to me
1: yeah no i i totally agree with that and then i think what Part of the challenge too is that people don't know exactly what love means in that context. They think a lot of times, and you know, both sides of the aisle, whatever aisle we're even talking about, because this extends far beyond the political arena. But um, does love mean a wholesale uh, acceptance and adoption of those values?
0: That's that's where I think people get scared because exactly. that's what they think it means, and I've come to learn that no, it does not.
1: And I agree. I don't think it does either. I think, and and I haven't necessarily pinned down a definition of what I think love is specifically, but I think it's very personal and only the individual can really answer that. And for me on a personal level, I would say I would, I love, I try to love everybody. It is not always easy. It's challenging, but for me, it's like, I do not want these people to suffer and that's because I love them. I do not want these people to be doomed. I don't want them to, I mean, ultimately it really does come down to that. It's like, I don't want them to suffer. And if I truly believe that, I think that is at least a semblance of love that I have for that person. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's like complete, like that meter is now. Okay, good. You love them just because you don't want them to suffer. No, but that's an aspect of it. And I can at least build from there.
0: No, you're trying to grow. You're trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Solve all the problems. (laughs) yeah haven't we yeah what
1: what about you man what is like how's how's the podcast (laughs) been for you i don't i don't know if that's any direction you want to go but i'm certainly curious
0: it is the my favorite thing in the world i'd never really had a hobby until four years ago and there was i never had anything that filled my tank and i always like you said mentioned earlier i love talking with people i love learning about them and that's always been easy for me i learned that about you on day one by the way that's right oh that's right hey we gotta do a shout out to 97th floor 97th floor that's right i just had their 17th anniversary i saw something yesterday so right yeah i get their slack
1: notifications every now and then but i've never really yeah with that
0: back in the back in the day you know we sound like old people but um
1: we're among the first like 10 employees hired by them i think
0: yeah yep they've definitely come a long way so yeah but um there was a show on BYU TV called the story trick. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. okay. Hey, that story was a freaking miracle in my mind, how he did that. And I had him on, So you know, last year. Uh, oh, you had host, that guy on the old host of that show. Yeah. And the way he would just for those who don't know what it is, he would go to a random town and knock on a random door with his camera crew and say, what's your story? And people would at first hem and haw and say, Who am I? Nobody wants to hear from me. I got nothing. I'm nobody, which a lot of people think. They think, Who wants to hear from me? And he would poke them a little bit and then find out that they had some cool story. And his thesis is basically that if you've breathed a breath of life on this planet, you have a story. And then when they were done with that person, they'd put a map of the town on the ground, drop a Sharpie marker on it, and wherever it landed, that's where they'd go next. The randomness of that show and how they did that was a miracle i, I thought it was brilliant so that's kind of what i do is i don't have a topic i'll interview anyone about anything
1: yeah i kind of remember amazing. i kind of remember that that uh that show a little bit um i it, it was a lot like humans in new york but kind of all over the country yeah. right yeah you yeah, could go anywhere yeah. Um, that reminds me a lot too of, uh, by the way, when, why did they get rid of that show? Cause that seems, I mean, that's, he said
0: the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the higher ups at BYU TV wanted to target a younger audience. So they had a younger co-host with him for a while and they wanted to make it more scripted. And he started doing that when he was an anchor at Fox 13 in Salt Lake, where he would just do uh man on the street, just randomly go to somebody. And he liked the random and I can't, that's, I think the miracle of it is the randomness. And they wanted to very, make it very scripted. And he didn't want to do that. He's actually doing it again. It's called, uh, what's your story. So he's back doing it again.
1: At BYU TV. No,
0: no, I don't think it's BYU TV. I think he's doing it himself now.
1: Oh, he's just like his own web show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of a Mr. Rogers quote, by the way, which is one that I, I heard years ago that I think is beautiful as well. He said, There isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And hearing someone's story, let's say, for example, like my, my liberal counselor online, I hated him and I'm sure he thought I was just another conservative whack job. But when we talk to each other, when you see face to face, you put the human element into that person And and you your anger towards them has been tempered, I guess. Just when you see them, like if I hated you, if we were talking in person right now, I would probably say less harmful things than if it was behind your back.
1: Oh, and not only that, though, but that's that's part of the issue with social media, like the the uh, the degrees of separation. And, and as you get more of those in a conversation, people say things that they don't necessarily mean. And that's why that's why I think that anonymity has really gotten people in trouble and like they talk about the whole doxing thing and when they find out who they are and an anonymous user on Twitter, who's extremely this or that, and then they get exposed by their work. And then their work says, we got to cut ties with you because it's just a bad look for us. I actually don't know if it's so much, and this is something that I've kind of thought about lately, which is, I don't know if it's so much because they're cutting ties because of those person's views, they're cutting ties because the anonymous aspect of things is not a good look. It's yeah. what are you, what are you saying? That you feel like you have to be anonymous about. And that's an important aspect of this conversation. I'm not, I'm not advocating that these people should be fired. Of course not. I'm not saying that these are all contextually specific, and I can't comment on any of them, basically. But I do think there is something that at least saying non-anonymous, right? Just being who you are in a social media realm, because that naturally keeps you in check in a situation where there's still a few degrees of separation that can be hard to balance because again, even within that separation, you may say things that you don't really mean, or that you're just trying to get a rise out of people. Whereas like, as you said, we are about as close as you can be in personal conversation doing this over zoom that helps. But even then, if we were in person, it would be even more cordial. And that's, what's so funny about how social media has essentially exacerbated all of our problems of humanity. Right. And it's like, it's sped up the second coming tenfold. It seems like. (laughs)
0: I I think there should be a rule that you can't hide behind some screen name that you have to use your name and just be you. I agree with that. I
1: totally agree with that.
0: I, I got involved in a conversation with some trolls that I've never really done that much, but it was fascinating. It was fascinatingly disturbing. These guys reached out or a friend of mine who's got a podcast. He's a cop out in Louisville, Kentucky, and he reached out to, a cop hater he calls he was he calls himself the black satanist and he's That's very funny. he's very articulate and so my friend reached out to him said hey i've been following you for a couple of years i would love to have you on my show just to talk about your philosophy your perspective on life and he was so polite about it. i mean it was a three paragraph of, of this is how i would treat you it'll be nothing but fair i'm just curious I want to know your story and they were like no way, you're a cop, F you. And then all these trolls just jumped on board. And, and I chimed in and said, hey, he's... Well, they, 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 one of the things they said was, he's been trolling your site for two, three years. That's creepy. I'm like, wait a minute. You have your site up in your social media so people can follow you. And yeah. You want your message out there. And he's given you a platform to put your message out there. And you think it's creepy that he's been following you for three years and never said anything. And then they just came and glued on me because I defended... Or I just said, hey, yeah, that's, isn't that the point? You want your story out there? And these people just, they just double down on crazy. No matter what you say or how polite you are, they just start, I mean, just obscenities after obscenities, just, it's mind blowing. And you just feel the evil in it. Yeah. And I engaged for about 20 minutes and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I just clearly realized that, you know, you know, you guys aren't willing to have a discussion and that's fine. You have more was, energy
1: than I do, man. I yeah. never engage.
0: It was it because you can tell. You can tell when they just name call. As yeah. soon as you name call, you, you you've lost the argument to me.
1: Oh yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I I don't. I'll, I'll, I throw myself out there. I don't engage um, when it comes to just like because like I'll, I'll put, I've posted blog posts before that have been. They, I I wouldn't say they were divisive, but it was merely just like, hey, like I'm kind of pointing out what me and a lot of others on my side think about this and when i'll post that every now and then there'll be people that'll just be like going to town within the comments fighting with each other and i i, I like never even read them i don't oh, even Oh yeah it's like it's they- like
0: you start it and then you you start well, the and then you start the fire and then it just goes yeah and you that's not saying to.
1: i don't i don't ignore inquiries as long as i feel like the inquiry is genuine genuine So if people specifically point me out in a conversation, then I'll respond. But when it comes to just like infighting, I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you over social media. This is ridiculous. Um, So it's not to say that I just like put it out there and be like, oh, have fun. It's more like, no, if they need me to point something out that they don't fully understand or whatever, I'm happy to clarify. I can do that. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause I just, I never engage otherwise. Cause I'm just like, this is a waste of time. I'd rather just
0: talk to you in person over the phone or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's called bomb throwing. Yeah. And, or drive-bys. You just doing a drive-by. You're not I'm interested a in any kind of discussion. Yeah. So it's just like, that's a wasted time. So yeah, exactly. So what's uh, what's the future like for latter day takes. Man, that is just, a good just question. More, more of the same.
1: I'd say so for now. I do want to enter in the YouTube space at some point. It's probably nice to put more of a face behind this too, just kind of putting myself out there even more. Um, Other than that, I don't really have like a specific shift in the brand. So it will be generally more of the same. There's enough to talk about these days under that umbrella that I've given, um, which has given me a lot of latitude and I appreciate that. But I mean, it seemed like, like this last month has just been full of content, right? It started with the racist alleged racist incident that took place at a BYU women's volleyball game and then they're like hearing about BYU sports in the news again about like saying F the Mormons at the University of Oregon BYU football game which I was actually at so it's it's just like wow this is just ripe for the picking and I like the idea of just providing my thoughts and I've talked like I said I've talked with enough people that have been like hey I, I appreciate that and I'm glad you're able to articulate that in a way that I hadn't thought of before and things like that so yeah anyway sorry I'm making your question a lot more long-winded no an answer than it was needed but yeah just more of the same um it is a hobby much like yours would I want it to become a full-time thing 100% if possible I would love that I would love nothing more than to just have this be my job um but you know I'm a, I'm a play it safe type of guy so going all in on something like this doesn't totally sit well with me. I did just buy a house. So there is something to just, you know, being secure. <laughs> I bought a yeah. house maybe at the worst time, but whatever. I guess there is no, no you, bad. You would no, know you, more about this than I would. Yes.
0: Man. No, There. Uh, I always tell people you buy a house, you make those decisions when, when, when you think the time is right with the information you have. It's always easy to look back and go, that was dumb or that was brilliant. But at the time it was it's right for you. So it's right for you.
1: Um, one way that I've looked at it and this is just to provide my own comfort. <laughs> so maybe I'm delusional, but I think you'd agree with this. Um, there's never really a bad time to buy a house to get into the market. As long as you're not looking to flip it Yeah, because the market always corrects. That's yeah. That's really it's right. a
0: long, t- it's a long-term type of deal and exactly. it will, it, yeah, it will usually turn out well for you. And but, maybe, maybe I'm biased because I'm in that industry.
1: Yeah, no, but I agree though. I, like, if you're not trying to flip and you're not getting immediate equity, you will in three to five years. I know that's a long haul, but it's a house. Where else are you going? Like, it's fine. You need a house. You need it anyway. Exactly. So might as well just get it now. And then if you can refinance at some point with a lower interest rate or whatever, like that's all manageable over time. Um, And I will say, and and, and like, once again, I'm sure you're biased. So I'm sure you're going to agree with this, but I think not because you're biased per se. And that is, the the getting getting a loan is not easy these days. Like, oh, no, you actually have do. to prove
0: it that you exactly. Need it. Yeah,
1: they really do their due diligence. It takes a lot of time, and that's that's all kind of a uh, fallout from two thousand eight, and
0: yeah. that's a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a serious good market correction that you know, you have to actually prove that you can pay this, so we don't have the same problem we had last time. But exactly. Um, on your show, do you is it primarily you bloviating and just doing monologues, or do you have guests? And how do you choose those guests?
1: I primarily have guests, and a lot of times it's just kind of, I, I, I the the number one priority for me is relevance. How relevant is the topic? And from there, I say, okay, can I get somebody to address this with me, against me, whatever? If there's nothing relevant that I don't think, and you know, the summer can be a little hard. I mean, any time can really be hard, but for example, um, right around the time I moved into my place, actually, so this is just a little over a month ago, I didn't have much going on. I didn't think there was much national news, nothing really Utah, church, BYU related, but I still wanted to keep it going. I wanted to keep everything fresh, the wheels greased, all that stuff. And so I thought, you know, this would be an interesting topic that I've thought of before. And it was, um, simply this why is everyone leaving the church (laughs) because it seems like it's happening it seems like people are just constantly leaving and i threw down a lot of thoughts and that one really blew up like a lot of people were like you know commenting on it usually in the positive usually the feedback i get is positive which is very nice it's very encouraging but um It was funny to kind of see like just this random topic I thought of, because I I think about these things a lot anyway in my spare time. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to articulate this, to write down specific points and to point out like three or four things that the reasons why I think people might be leaving the church right now and to really go through and write it all down. And I've written a lot of things over, over the years. And so for me, writing is one of the easiest things. And when I can write stuff down in about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. That's an entire episode. A lot of times I'll just like, Hey, I'll just run with that. So I did that one on my own. And it's really give and take. Sometimes having a guest is great. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's better when I just kind of go off on my own and basically make my episode, a blog post that I speak. Yeah. Which I like a lot better than writing because it's a lot quicker. Cause as I'm speaking, I can, I can realize, oh wait, maybe I didn't. Ex- I, I, I need to expand on that a little bit more. So I, let me, like, let me go off on that and kind of make that make sure that's clear, and then move on to my next point.
0: Yeah, no doing doing what you do, the monologuing. That's a that's a whole different skill set. I ninety eight percent of the time, I have a guest, and what if if I have thoughts of of speaking on something, I'm thinking, well, it's going to be like thirty seconds or a minute. Is that going to be worth it? But I guess it is. I can put it out there, but I don't. Uh, how can people, uh, how can people find you if they want to hear you? Well, it's,
1: uh, I do. So I have my own Instagram handle. It's at latter day takes no spaces, nothing, but, uh, I'm not, I, I usually just repost what I post on my personal uh, Instagram, which is actually open. So anybody can follow me. I don't have to approve anything. And that's just at Harpy H-A-R-P-E-Y. I was really early on. I was like back in 2010, 2011. And, uh, yeah, so I, it was kind of nice to not have to use a number and just use the name Heartbeat.
0: No, if you use the number, then you, you're you not very creative. Just be fair. <laughs> yeah, so
1: you can find me at Heartbeat. I'm pretty active on there. Uh, always posting stuff for the podcast, it seems like. Um, and then you can obviously go to any podcast outlet from what I understand. I'm, I'm like you, I use Anchor as kind of the platform, but um, you can find Latter-day Takes on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts anywhere and um shouldn't be an issue finding that and then obviously i've got my own facebook and twitter for twitter it's harper d anderson just at harper d anderson and then uh because d is my uh it's my it's just a letter it's no it's it doesn't it technically represents my mom's maiden name which is de hoyas we have mexican blood in the family my grandpa grew up in mexico and uh, which by the way is a really really cool story on its own but and probably something I should highlight in my podcast along with my grandma's story as well, who came from France. But anyway, uh, so Harper D Anderson, that's just it, just the letter, no middle name. And then you can find me on Facebook, same thing, Harper D Anderson. So yeah.
0: Sweet, man. This has been fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me on seriously. It was, uh, it was, I'm like I said, I'm honored. I'm not saying that, uh, flippantly like this has been fun. It's you're doing cool things, man. It's really, it's fun to follow you as well.
0: So. well it's it, there's no shortage of stories i mean if i again if i could turn this into a, a career somehow and make money doing it i think i've made 30 dollars in 4 years on anchor. out of boy i'm not that's not my that's not my reason but that would be fun to turn that and and move over joe rogan that's right you, you know the next rogan. interview like him i don't think i could do a 4 hour podcast i think that would bore the snot out of people but you whatever. never know
1: you never know. Uh, speaking of Joe Rogan is my bumper at the beginning. Oh, I hear
0: that. Yeah. About yeah. the Mormons.
1: Talking about Mormons. It's, I actually, no, I, was, I love
0: those. Your bumper's phenomenal. I love that. Have you ever heard of the more, it's the Mormons.
1: Yeah. It's like the, does the South park clip. It's basically just yes. Mormon mentions in pop culture, but it's more like a funny pr- I'm not going to lie. I'm very proud of that. That was all me. I thought of all that on my own. And I was like, Joe Rogan had to have talked about it. It used to just be Joe Rogan clips talking and, and I kept a few of them, but then I branched out like into South Park references and like just random people talking about Mormons and stuff. And there's the whole like, I'm sorry, but uh, the Mormons were the right answer. That's the South Park one. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> and then uh, Joe Rogan's like, man, Mormons are the nicest people. They're the nicest cult. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, we are peculiar people and we have we earn that name for a reason. And we're That's a little right. weird sometimes, but we just have to embrace the weird because I'm not going to defend it. It is what it is. And we are. And I even moving to Utah when I was part of the culture was still weird. So yeah, we, we, we own it. It's good. We own it. That's,
1: that's the best thing we can do. And, and I, yeah. So anyway, just the reference of Joe Rogan, I thought was funny because that is like, that's yeah. He's, he's, he's the, he's the King, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. He's The blueprint.
0: Yeah. Okay, dude. Well, thanks again.
1: Thank you, brother. Always appreciate it.
0: Thank you again for listening to The Parish, The Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. Thank you again for listening to the show. I really appreciate the time you spend to hear the words and hear our guests. If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to parishpodcast at gmail.com. That's parishpodcast at gmail.com. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.